Holy Gospel for tonight is from John chapter 11. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many people had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when Mary heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Those who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and those who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. Some in the crowd said, See how he loved him. But others said of them, Could he not open the eyes of the he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench, because he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. This is the Gospel of our Lord. I love this story for so many reasons, but in part because when Jesus finally arrives to the home of Lazarus, Martha, and Mary, four days later, after the time it was believed that a person 
was truly dead, that their spirit was truly gone, Jesus meets the sisters where they are in their grieving. He knows that there is no one way to grieve. We each respond to life's losses in our own way. And for Martha, we see her trying to make sense of it all. We see her trying to make sense of why her brother had died. Lord, if you had only been here, she says. We see her belief in the power of Jesus to be able to do something. And even now, she still has hope that through Jesus, Lazarus' death will not be the end for him. Because she trusts in the words that Jesus has just explained about who he is. He is the resurrection and the life. She then goes on to get her sister, whose grief takes a different form. Instead of trying to make sense of it all in her mind, her heart feels the immense loss of losing her brother, which leads her to weep. And notice what Jesus does as he meets her. He simply weeps with her. What a profound example for all of us right now, hey? How do you find yourself taking time to grieve these days? Are you reading as much as you can about COVID-19? Are you watching every possible newscast with any numbers and recent updates? Are you trying to learn as much as you can while keeping all those who are affected by it in your prayers each day and those who care for them? Like Martha, it might be easy to assign blame. But in doing so, notice that she still has hope in Jesus and what is possible through him. Maybe you had moments like Mary, where the weight and stress of all of it just becomes too much for you to bear. And you have to let it out through the tears that keep falling from your eyes. As you think about the graduation ceremony that you have been working so hard for the past few years. As you think about the wedding that had been planned for months. As you think about the showers you were looking forward to. As you think about all of these family events and other milestones where you were so longing to be surrounded by family and friends who love you and could celebrate. Maybe your response has been a little of both. Or maybe it's taken an altogether different one. Whatever it might be, there's no one way to grieve. There's no right way to feel about, feel about the situation that we're in. But there is one thing we do need to see. How Jesus comes to us in the midst of whatever we're facing to give us hope. And now here's the challenge. Here's the challenge that this story presents to us every single time that we read it. Lazarus. Jesus raises him to life. And so it, of course, leaves us wondering and questioning why it is that that can't be the case for every single person who has gotten COVID-19. 
COVID-19. For every single person who has died much too young. If Jesus did that for Lazarus, why can't it be so for the person that we love? If God can do it once, why not again and again and again? Where do we see hope in the midst of death? Where do we see hope in the midst of what separates us? For myself, where I have seen hope these past few weeks is in the way in which you have reached out to one another in the midst of all that's going on. Of the way in which how are you that was once just a greeting in passing now becomes an intentional question that people ask of one another in order to find out how you're coping. I've seen hope in the ways in which people are encouraging one another. The ways in which teachers are finding ways to be able to connect with their students and parents through online resources and apps to let them know how much they are missed and to reassure their parents that they are doing just fine as they try and juggle the demands of homeschooling and other responsibilities. I've seen hope in the ways in which people are caring for one another the ways in which people are creatively using any means possible to help others feel less alone. The gift of music shared from windows. The gift of fresh cut flowers dropped at the front door for seniors who are now confined to their rooms. The gift of cards received. The gift of phone calls shared. Taking the time to connect with people that you haven't had time to do so until recently. I see hope in the way that Jesus has been working through you in the midst of all this. And I see hope through our scriptures, which sometimes come to us in the times in which we most need to hear them. Holy Week is two weeks away. And your pastors are already busy trying to plan for what that time might look like. At least some of us are. Most of us are, right? You know. But you know, it's still going to be different this year. Because come Monday, Thursday, we're not going to be able to physically come together around Jesus' table to share this meal that he gives to us. We're not going to be able to gather on Good Friday to feel in our fingers the nail. We're not going to be able to shiver and jump at the sound of that tomb closing. We're not going to be able to gather on Easter Sunday to be able to smell the fragrance of new life through Easter flowers. We're not going to be able to hear all of our music, musicians help us with the mood of each of those days. From lament to great praise as we ring out in song and celebration. And honestly, it bothers me. 
bothers me a lot. Lord, if you had only been here, our Holy Week plans would not have died. But I wonder. I wonder if there's a possibility that when the restrictions to stay at home are finally lifted and when the threat is lessened, I wonder if we couldn't plan a redo of Holy Week. I wonder if we couldn't gather again to be able to celebrate Jesus' meal with one another with great, big, enormous pieces of fresh, baked bread and medium-sized cups of wine or grape juice as we give thanks to the one who fills us and feeds us and nourishes us and strengthens us. I wonder if we couldn't gather around that cross to acknowledge all of the realities that we face. Death is real. Separation is real. Evil and all the ways it takes shape in our world is real. Hardship is real. Realities that we know all too well but we would gather, nonetheless, to remember Jesus, the one who came to save. But we wouldn't stay there in the darkness. Instead, we would move on to acknowledge that in-between time, that time of waiting, the time between what was and what we hoped to be. And then, just like in our gospel, Jesus would come to us to give us reason to hope, filling us with his love and bringing life, abundant life. And we would celebrate. We would celebrate the resurrection of our Lord like we had never celebrated it before. We would come together in worship and sing our special word of praise. Don't say it now, but you know what it is. And we would do so as loud as we could. And we would shake our bells with our whole heart. And we would come again together to be able to hear of this life that God makes possible through Jesus. But instead of leaving to go home after worship had ended, we would stay and we would have the biggest brunch that we could gather around the tables for. We would have activities and all kinds of fun things for kids of every age to be able to enjoy and be able to celebrate. Are you with me? What do you think? A redo of Holy Week when we can plan it together, when we're able to be together? Comment if you think that's a good idea. Or click on the little heart if you just love that idea. You know, maybe what we need to take away from this gospel for today is the powerful reality that God makes possible what we think is impossible. That God can still work to bring life despite death. That God can still bring us together even though there are forces that seem to separate us. And that God gives us reason to hope when it feels as if all hope is lost.
there's no one way to grieve. There's no one way for us to get through this time. But we will, together, not alone, and we will do so, trusting in our God who has the power to make all things possible. Let it be so.